Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot button internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly. Welcome to Cyber Law and Business Report. Broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center here in beautiful downtown Santa Monica. Please be seated. We have a great show for you today. It is our annual Heroes and Zeros show where we have a great panel assembled to talk about who's been naughty and nice on the Internet this year. And as usual, it's, it's going to be a, an interesting subject. Lots of um, people who merit both categories. But without further ado, let me jump in and tell you about our August panel. Um, and it includes the, some regulars, of course, and that being Dan Tynan and the uh, award-winning writer, editor, and content strategizer, according to his own bio. And um, also Brenda Christensen returns, and she's CEO of Stellar Public Relations. And joining us for the first time is Denise Howell, an appellate intellectual property and technology lawyer and blogger and columnist, but also since 2006, she has hosted This Week in Law, a weekly panel discussion about technology law on the Twit Network, and I've been fortunate enough to be on the show twice um, with one or two mishaps here and there. But um, everyone, thank you for joining us. And so since Denise is the new person on the block, we thought we'd let her start off the discussion with her first hero or zero. Right. Well, uh, my first hero for 2017 is something of a Lifetime Achievement Award, although he definitely did something uh, quite valuable for the internet in 2017 as well, but he's been at this for some time. And that is Senator Ron Wyden from the state of Oregon. You folks probably remember uh, back to, of course you remember SOPA and PIPA. And uh, Senator Wyden was instrumental in making sure that SOPA and PIPA did not pass. But uh, if you go back even further than ba- that, who remembers Koika? Koika was, yeah. was another, um, the Combating Online Infringement and Counterfeits Act uh, from 2010 or so, uh, which would have allowed the Attorney General to order internet providers in the U.S. to block access to websites that were deemed to contain copyright infringement. He was instrumental in making that go away as well. Uh, just this year, uh, Senator Wyden continues his, um, first of all, I think we could probably all agree he's one of the few senators who truly understands the internet and tech law and policy. So just having that knowledge base in the Senate is such a nice and welcome thing. Um, and secondly, you know, he his understanding leads him to take good policy positions. And one that he took um, last month in November Uh, was to put a hold on and a public warning out about SESTA, uh, which was an act that, um, if enacted, would combat sex trafficking, which all sounds very good, but it has uh, provisions in it 
that are very bad for the digital economy. And Senator Wyden was uh, wise enough to recognize that and sound the alarm and um, for the time being has put a hold on the enactment of SESTA. So he is he is my nominee for our first hero of 2017. And and, and I applaud that. He, he is a very worthy nominee. And, in, you know, a couple of things that are interesting about uh, Wyden is, you know, SESTA is actually um, seeks to amend the Communications Decency Act, Section 230, you know, which provides immunity for third-party content. And um, SESTA just happened to be drafted by, drumroll, Senator Ron Wyden. And, and so I'm not sure if it was when he was in the Senate or in the Congress, but uh, you know, the whole premise of SESTA is you know, CDA 230 was never meant to uh, address these type of things. And uh, <laughs> Wyden saying, well, actually, yes, it was. And the danger about SESTA, and Denise did a great job of explaining you know, there's this kind of certain, you know, orphans and widows and puppy dogs type of appeal. How can you be against stopping sex trafficking? But the way the bill is drafted, unfortunately, you know, creates uh, a lot of questions. And uh, even Wikipedia said it would have problems complying and could face huge liability and possibly have to shut down um, if this bill is enacted. So a uh, great choice there, Denise. Thank you. Dan, what are your thoughts? I have thoughts. Um, <clears throat> hi, Bennett. Always a pleasure to do this every year with you and Brenda and now Denise. Um, my, my first thought is we have way too many zeros and not enough heroes. Um, but, and, and you know this when you can just name people and you don't even have to describe why they're a zero. If I say Harvey Weinstein, no one needs an explanation Bingo. of why he's a zero, yes. right? <laughs> Maybe Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, with a little bit of explanation. Um, so overall, I'll just jump in and say the women who came forward and the journalists who stepped up, those yes. are my two biggest heroes for this year. But I also have some people that you do have to kind of look up to figure out who they were, and one of them is Karen Fonseca. So I don't know if you remember this story. It was about a month ago. Um, there was a woman in Fort Bend, Texas, who got arrested because she had a bumper sticker on her truck that said F Trump and F you for voting for him. Right. And then uh, Troy Nels, uh, who uh, had seen the uh, bumper sticker on Facebook and decided to look her up and see if he could find something to arrest her for, arrested her uh, for an old fraud warrant. Uh, when she got out of prison, she created a new bumper sticker, put it right next to the first one, and said F Troy Nels and F you who voted for him. Um, you can now buy the F Trump bumper sticker on Redbubble if you want. Wow. She's selling them to raise money to for um, a voter registration drive for elderly people. Incredible. Yeah. So she's one of my That heroes. would be a big effing deal. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're actually pretty cool. I ordered a bunch, but they won't be here before Christmas, unfortunately. And, and so I, 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 I saw that the DA was talking about going or the sheriff was talking about going after her. I didn't know that he actually went after her. He actually went after her. He found an outstanding warrant from 2014 and arrested her. Amazing. And now she's thinking about suing him. She should. Now, yeah. um, you rightfully talk about, you know, the whole movement of, you know, people, the the silence keepers or the Me Too movement. And, and you know, I listed them as, as one of my heroes. But there's a question, and the Financial Times actually named this person their person of the year. Because in, it's hard to say we are what who caused what, but the, it it all seems to start earlier in the year when Susan Fowler, the former yes. Uber engineer, you know, made that blog post that said, you know, my very disturbing year at, at Uber, where she recounted about how on her very first day on the job, you know, basically her um, her supervisor was you know was soliciting sex from her. Yeah, usually I think you have to wait at least a month. I think know? that's what the probation you know, period is about, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so it took a lot of courage, obviously, to do what she did. Mm -hmm. And um, But the ramifications, you look what's happened to Uber, who, by the way, you know, I, I named her a hero. And obviously Uber is a, a, a very deserving a zero 
who, um, except for the fact that they seem to be employing a large amount of the legal community because of all, <laughs> because of all the, the shit that's happening. Um, it's just astounding to see a company have so many things going on at once. And um, thank God they got rid of their CEO and, and hopefully they can right this ship. But um, it's a very disturbing. You, you see what a culture can create and, uh, and they're paying the price for it. Well, I just want to jump in and then I'll let other people talk. Um, last year when uh, we did this, we talked a lot about Travis Kalanick. We did. He's a two repeat. Days, two Ooh, days zero. later, he was out. And I, I think we should take full credit for that. I think so. I, if, you know, I've been, I just sent a letter off to Time saying that, you know, we, we, were, we weren't properly credited for that. Now, Brenda, you, you, you've been patient. Um, you have some interesting thoughts on this. Why don't you tell us uh, your hero or zero? Well, um, speaking of Time, um, journalists have always been my hero. I'm a former journalist, but especially this past year, journalists have been – superheroes I think in my book um, so Dan take a bow um, it's not been an e- <laughs> it's not been an easy year for journalism but we need journalism more than ever um, First Amendment is so important and um, not only in politics but as we see what's what's happened with me too uh, Ronan Farrow I mean was incredibly courageous in what he did um, in stepping forward and um, giving people everywhere a voice that have been victims of um, harassment so my hat's off to them and um, keep up the good work I think and also I don't know if you ever watched MSNBC the, the, um, the, the show with Brian Williams the 11th hour and he repeatedly starts off by saying and now you know this story comes from another example of fine journalism in, you know, New York Times, Washington Post, Reuters, wherever. And uh, you know, in terms of getting the stories told, it, it, there really has been some great work done this year. And you know, the last decade hasn't been easy for media outlets, but uh-huh. I think you know the silver lining in all of this is it's a reminder of how much good journalism is needed in right. our society and um, it needs to be applauded and protected. I, I have the very vivid memory of seeing Ariana Huffington accept uh, an, an honorary achievement award from the LA Press Club and she started her speech with, this is during the peak of newspaper closures of, with by saying, uh, I'm not the reason why you're all losing your jobs <laughs> and it, it really <laughs> wasn't the laugh line she hoped it would be and um, but yes it's, it, it's a very tough environment and let me just get to that point briefly and you know, as no, nowhere is as clearer than in two a nominee I want to talk about and an event I want to talk about from yesterday and I don't know if any of you have seen the um, documentary City of Ghosts it's a, about um, a blog and a website called Raqqa is being, sil- being slaughtered silently. It's a very moving documentary. It's about the people in, in Raqqa, Syria, who just decided to let the world know what was going on once ISIS took over their, their town. And at great risk to themselves, several of them have been killed. All of them eventually had to flee to Germany. And um, you know their bravery is just incredible, and I, I hope the documentary gets nominated for an Oscar. Um, I know it's it's been getting well received, but it's worth seeing. And you know, what these people are doing, you know, they've had family members killed, loved ones killed, but they they're just committed to telling the story, and they're, and they're citizen journalism journalists. You know, one guy who was just a a math teacher. And he's like, how can I teach you know kids this when you know I'm just not standing around not doing anything about it? And and on that point, it's important to note that you know journalism does have a cost. And every year we we read about the number of journalists who have been killed each year, and uh, and that increasingly that also includes citizen journalists and and bloggers. And um, just yesterday, the twelfth journalist was killed in Mexico this year. Tying it for um, 
12 with Syria. So the the two most dangerous places to be a journalist in, in the world today, one are Syria, which is in the middle of a civil war, and the other is just south of our border in Mexico. And we, we've actually did a show a few years back talking about the situation in Mexico with um, with a reporter from Fusion. And it's just very disturbing to think that, you know, a country that is not in a war zone has killed 12 journalists in one year. And mm-hmm. and there's this question of a culture, you know, of um, basically that people get away with it, a culture of impunity. And uh, so I just, it's a sad day in, for journalism in Mexico and I think across the world. Denise. Yes. Any other? Well, you have to go to the dark side now. <laughs> I have to. I have to. Be you you took the red I? pill. Now you have to do the blue pill. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, nobody has mentioned Ajit Pai yet. Can I throw him into under the bus? Please do. Please <laughs> do. <laughs> As the year zero, or one of our zeros for the year, uh, the chairman of the FCC who has uh, put out some. Uh, fairly thin and difficult to hold water statements uh, justifying uh, his his and his co-commissioner's actions in undoing uh, net neutrality and uh, the 2015 open internet order um, which basically um, the good news is I don't think um, the the radical uh, fears and dangers that could happen from this act are going to happen uh, anytime soon and that this merely moves some pieces on the chessboard and political procedure and legal procedure will now ensue and uh, hopefully net neutrality is not dead permanently and and may come back as soon as uh, after the midterm elections next year if there is sufficient support in Congress to um, flip some positions from uh, the conservative. It, it's strange to me that this is even a conservative versus liberal issue because I've never seen it that it way. You, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but that seems to be how folks in Congress are voting. Um, right. So it seems like we need more Democrats in seats to undo this nonpartisan mistake. Um, Ted Cruz which, famously called it Obamacare for the Internet, which makes absolutely no sense. But again, I did say it was Ted Cruz who said it. But there's actually a story today about how this is an issue that registers with millennials. Mm-hmm. And they are they may vote on this. And yeah. given that you know, Trump does not do well millennials, energizing the millennials with an issue like this could be dangerous for the Republicans. And um, but I, I I agree with you once again that he's saying I actually um, published a piece in Huffington Post saying that Ajit Pai was my zero of the year, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's not just because substantively he's so wrong. I mean, what what's striking about him and what's it shows a dramatic change in Washington just from you know, Commissioner Powell under under President you know George W. Bush is that. Commissioner Powell actually had voluntary net neutrality guidelines. He he didn't think this was bad. He, the question was just how how do we achieve this in a regulatory manner? You know, do we do this voluntary? Do we do it in Title One of the Communications Act, in Title Two, and and so Pi is represents a different type of Washington that's emerged where there used to be differences of governing between Democrats, Republicans, right and left. And you, you had that tension. You know, Powell wanted this to be voluntary. But then, you know, then eventually through Wheeler, this became a Title II and, you know, re- regulatory matter. Um, now we're not seeing differences on opinion. Pi just basically said, we have the votes, so we're right. I don't, and I don't even have to prove to you I'm right. So I can suppress evidence of um, net neutrality violations and then say there is no evidence out there so why, why, why are we talking about this and then he even goes a step further not not just reversing the, the title 2 determination but he's more or less saying you know all the things we said were wrong are fine as long as you disclose them and there's a certain smugness that we're in power we can do what we want and we don't even have to prove to you we're right 
And, and that's what's most shocking, I think, about Ajit Pai. And I was just thinking to myself today, you know, if the word, you know, smug or douchebag didn't exist, it would have to be invented for him. <laughs> A smooshbag. Smooshbag. <laughs> but um, I suspect that there's another word that um, begins with S that I need to address, and that is sponsors. And so um, we're going to take a, a short break. But when we come back, we'll be talking more about schmooshbags and other heroes and zeros after these messages. You're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report only on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Catholic Charities is committed to providing life's basic needs. We thank you for bringing us all here today, letting these people understand how Catholic Charities runs and how important these people are. And we ask you to guide them, to protect them, and keep them here forever because this community needs them. Visit www.catholiccharitiesusa.org to learn. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping high speed on a horse named Archibello. So yes, my body hurts, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. Learn more at brainhealth.gov. Blog, blog, blog. Webmasterradio.fm. We're the talk of the town. Webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back, and you're listening to our annual Cyberlawn Business Report Heroes and Zeros show. Yes, it is right up there with the Academy Awards, the Emmys, the Grammys, and uh, so um, we don't have seat fillers, though, but we're glad to have listeners like you, and obviously you're definitely one of our heroes, since we appreciate you listening to us every Wednesday here on this channel. So um, we were just talking about Ajit Pai. Anyone else have anything further to say about our, our dear friend, um, Ajit, before we move on to our next hero or zero? I do, actually, which is we haven't talked about the two million fake signatures in support of net neutrality that were submitted to the FCC. That's uh, incredible. It, a lot and, of them, people who are dead. Yes. So, so I don't know if you remember last year, Trump saying there were three million fake votes for Hillary. Yes. Well, it turns out there were two million fake votes for uh, his FCC policies. And, and it goes even worse. He blocked efforts to investigate it. He wouldn't cooperate with the New York Attorney General's investigation into the issue. Which suggests to me that they know who paid for these things because somebody paid for these things and it's identity theft on a massive scale. It is. I mean, there was. I, I just saw there was an elected representative who had their something submitted. Yeah. So I, I forget the name. Yeah, I keep thinking, is there a way to do a FOIA on this? Well, I'm sure they'll fight it. They'll say it's under investigation. What is this, an investigation exception for FOIA? Uh, unless they're not actually investigating, then what? Right. Then that's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, there's, well, there's the, the schmooshbag exact- <laughs> exception. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Brenda, you haven't gone to the dark side yet. Do you have, do you have one? Yeah, in fact, I do. Um, Darth himself, uh, Zuckerberg, is on my zero list. Wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, let alone the Russian stuff, right? But um, uh, 
Oh, come on. He only got paid in rubles. How could you expect him to know? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, he's definitely on my zero list for a lot of reasons, you know, privacy reason as well. And um, just a, a story come out yesterday in the news that the request for personal data um, had gone up from the government um, directed towards Facebook. And, of course, Facebook is complying. So um, a lot of people are thinking Facebook has jumped the shark. In fact, my good friend John Swartz is writing a story asking for sources on anyone who's um, disabled their Facebook account in the recent year. So he's definitely on my zero list. Anyone? What, and other people on Zuckerberg or Facebook? Zuckerberg is on my list too for the consistently shifting story about those Russian ads. That's oh, right. there's nothing. There's no big deal. Oh, by the way, 126 million people saw them. <laughs> but what about Twitter though? I mean, at least they came forward and produced stuff. Twitter has been kind of hiding behind Facebook and dripping and drabbing all along the way. Yes, true enough. Uh, although they did manage to to boot, I don't know, something like 60 fake Just accounts. recently, yeah. Yeah. Though yeah, dripping and like drabbing along the way, that sounds like a good lyric. <laughs> sounds like and a not only holiday that, tune. You know, Sheryl Sandberg just said that there's going to be a backlash on the Me Too, you know. I don't think that's leaning in, is it? <laughs> no, it's, it's called leaning Damon. <laughs> that's um, right. <laughs> so, okay, so we got Facebook. Um, who wants to off go dark or light? I'll go dark. Okay. Um, my next nominee is Richard Smith. He is the now former CEO of Equifax. Yes. Right. Some people he, refer to him by his um, shortened name. Yes. But yeah. I'm sure he is one. Um, <laughs> but you know, after all of that that went down last year, and, and you know, of a a vulnerability that they should have fixed in March. Right. They quote discovered unquote in July, uh, but with time for three of their executives to sell their stock. So Richard Smith retired in September uh, with a payday of $90 million. Jesus. That's 63 cents per record breached. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So okay. there's the Peter principle that you um, you rise to your level of incompetence, and it, it seems to become just exponentially greater in America today but more and but at the same time you become famous and are rewarded for you know rising above your pay grade and failing often yeah. you get reality TV shows or whatever but yeah this is just an outrage there was a great New York Times column about you know Equifax has one line of business it's collect all this data and you know mm -hmm. so all they have to do the only thing this company does is collect data and so the only job they have to do is make sure that data is secured, and, and they screwed it up. Um, right. And even when they were testifying, they could not tell you whether the data was encrypted yet. I mean... Well, what's worse is the fact that you have no choice. You can't opt out of true. having this data collected. That's the other thing, yeah. Um, and in full choose. disclosure, full disclosure, at, at, um, when I was in law school, they were, they were a client. I worked for a lobbyist, and they were a client. Um, but I'm not revealing any secrets here. But yeah, I just think it's it's an astounding that someone with the, that level of information would be. And the only thing they they actually encrypted was their own proprietary information. You know, the consumer be damned. And Denise, I'm I'm curious what you think about this because in terms of where we might be going in 2018. I think what Equifax revealed was the inadequacy of remedies for consumers in the event of these cyber breaches. And that, you know, the, the companies that have breaches end up, you know, settling with the state attorney generals or the FTC, but the consumers don't get any remedy really for that. And what, what are your thoughts there? I, I think the consumers, I mean, I can't speak for every consumer, of course, but I, I think oh, you my, can actually. It's <laughs> <laughs> my my gut on this is is the consumers aren't really looking for a, a remedy. They're looking for security. They're looking for sure. companies with security practices that actually work. We've been talking about 
how people have been able to game Facebook and Twitter and the FCC and hack Equifax. And all of these are security failures. So maybe our hero career for 2018 are really competent security professionals who can come in and make these kinds of problems go away. But here's the dark side of that, and I'll take the blue pill, is mm-hmm. that you know there's a shortage of cybersecurity professionals. Mm-hmm. And so you know, what are we going to do? And my other concern is that you hear all these stories, you know, Yahoo, Equifax, you know, whoever next week is, is that people just assume eventually that this is but this happens regardless. And so it no longer becomes a barrier um, for you know, consumers, you know, a, a decision point. You know, well, who has better security? And that companies can get away with it. I mean, I've been concerned for a long time. And geez, I actually remember the tech policy forum in Napa you mm-hmm. know, a decade ago. I, I raised this issue that there needs to be some sort of market um, Response for failing to secure data, and and the granted to a certain extent there are there is if you're a small company sixty percent of small companies do not survive data breaches, and um, but if you're an Equifax you know, they're going to go on. What what is the price that they have paid, and what lesson is our other businesses drawing from it? That's what concerns me. So if I can jump in, I have a question since I have two lawyers on the line. Uh, and I'm not paying either of you. And we're both billing, no. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a question. expensive show. <laughs> so next May, the general data protection regulation goes into effect in Europe. May 25th. And one of the um, the things, there are two things that are interesting in terms of Equifax. One is the breach notification rule, which is 72 hours. Yes. And the other is the penalty, which could be up to 4% of revenues if companies fail to meet that. Now, you have to be doing business in Europe or have European Union customers, but surely Equifax has both of those. Yes. So do you think that GDPR would be a reasonable or even possible response to a breach like Equifax's or Yahoo's or Uber's? In terms of in the United States, or do you think that the implementation of GDPR is going to change everything? Well, that's a, I'm actually writing a story about that right now, so maybe you and I can talk. Um, yes. Because, yes, the question is, the premise of the story is, yeah, GDPR applies to European companies, but they're, most of the big companies like Google and Facebook are you know, global. So right. they're not likely to have two sets of rules, right? So hopefully they'll have the stricter set of rules. So the question for Equifax is, should will they be compelled to follow the stricter set of rules, and will some regulator in Europe punish them for not doing it? What's interesting, and I, I, I circulated this earlier today, and it, and by the way, the background on the, the, our guest and the heroes and zeros are, are in our show notes, which are at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com, and in it, I included a tweet I sent out this morning um, about 2018 prediction, the biggest legal policy battles on the internet will be fought in Europe. And Germany just announced that they're going after Facebook. They believe they abused its market position to kind of get data from consumers without really uh, full consent. And um, and you also have monopolization, you know, antitrust probes going on of Google and some other players. And that you, know, in terms of what is. Where the big battles of the internet, I think the next year or two, it's going to be Europe, and and part of me I'm a little suspicious of. I think there's a sense of you know we let the United States get too far ahead of us, and I'm not sure to what extent this might be protectionism. But you know, it, data privacy is you know there's a firm commitment to that in in European history, and going back you know since World War II, and so. You know that that is that what is not protectionist, and I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. As you know, Denise, what do you think? Uh, getting back to the practicalities of Dan's question, I'm reminded of the fact that the reason that we have that every website that you visit has a privacy policy goes back to the enactment of state laws in California that required right. that. And everyone had to do business in California, so everyone has privacy policy. And and that's just one example of the way that California and some other states have have made 
uh, people nationally and internationally comply with their laws in order to do business in this huge market and have raised the standard by the laws they've enacted. And I think that that's what we're looking at uh, with the European laws as well, because nobody's going to not do business in Europe. Right. That's for sure. And uh, it is a, a somewhat of a tail wagging the dog situation, but mm-hmm. you know, when you're California or you're Europe, you know, you, you can, um, you can, you can do that. Now, um, I have an, an easy hero um, that could be having given some grim examples out there. There are actually some some good stories to tell, and I like to highlight the hurricane heroes. I call them. You got JJ um, Watt who raised something like thirty-seven million. Through um, GoFundMe, um, Tim Duncan also raised um, several million for Virgin Islands relief. And then my favorite story is this kid, Jaden Perez. He's eight years old. And um, he was so excited someone got him giant tickets for his for Christmas that he said we should do something for others. And he and his mother organized a toy drive that has brought in over a 1,000 toys so far. And he and his mother will be flying to Puerto Rico to distribute them. So definitely a big hat, a shout out to them. And uh, one of the things that we highlight on this show a lot are people uh, working and combating um, harassment and cyber abuse. Because, you know, that's also part of my practice. And we have a, a couple of great examples. Uh, um, we have several document documentaries that are in the works or have been done Um there's Tara Moss who did a, uh, I think it was a, a three or seven part show on, on Australian TV, and then was actually you know had, was able to do uh, a full event at the Australian Press Club that brought um, cyber harassment into the, the kind of political debate in Australia. There are two other documentaries out there. Um, one is called Netizens. It's being done by Cynthia Lowell. And then there's um, Darius Chisholm, who actually we hope to have on our show, who is um, working on documentary as well, and um, but has launched a really helpful website, uh, and uh, we have links to all that information there. But I also want to give a shout out to three um, members of Congress who have um, been consistently working on this issue, and one of them is uh, California Congresswoman Jackie Spear, and um, she... Is being a lot of press lady because she's part of the congressional Me Too. You know, she's the former staffer who was actually congressional staffer who was shot in Guyana, and who now actually holds the seat of the boss she once worked for who was killed in Guyana. But you know, she has been definitely taking lead on the Me Too issue. But last year, um, she introduced the first revenge porn bill in Congress, and she's part of a bipartisan effort again to address that. Um, also with her is Kamala Harris, who's you know, leading the Senate fight on revenge porn, has been very active on that. And um, another uh, congresswoman, Catherine Clark, who, in addition to supporting that bill, is going after abusive practices like doxing. And so it, it's important that we recognize that you know, there are people out there who are really doing great things and fighting this. And, and last, I want to highlight Michelle Ferrier, who launched uh, Trollbusters to help women journalists who are being targeted by harassment. And uh, all of them, hats off to you for doing uh, much needed work. Any thoughts on those? (laughs) Well, you named a bunch of heroes of mine, that's for sure. Um, Yeah, I interviewed Catherine Clark for a a story. um, uh, And, you know, she was great, but we talked about the doxing that she underwent and the harassment that she got uh, as a result of trying to pass anti-harassment laws, yes. anti-revenge porn laws, yes. she got um, she got uh, swatted. Wow. Yes. I wasn't so, aware of that. I know that Brianna Wu is in her district. Yes, that's where it's and, and so she probably got the Gamergate wrath. She got the Gamergate wrath, and she got swatted. The, the police showed up at her home, guns wow. drawn, at 11 o'clock at night. Uh, wow, they say nothing focuses the mind like a hanging. I guess second to that would be swatting. Fortunately, <laughs> the cops knew her. Good. Right? Yeah, well, she's a former. I'm not sure she's a prosecutor, but yeah, she was. Yeah, she'd been in elective office for a number of years in Massachusetts. I see her as a rising star in Congress. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, those are phenomenal folks to highlight, Bennett. 
Thank you. And um, Kamala Harris, I think she's been a hero practically every year. And she may have missed one year when she ran for Senate and she was too busy running for Senate to, to do something, I think, to qualify. We, we talked earlier about, you know, kind of attacks on the press and, uh, and how hard it is and that they're still rising to the occasion. And I'd like to highlight a couple of things there. Um, obviously, one of my zeros is Donald Trump who for his uh, attack on a free media and uh, and for his you know, more abusive um, promotion of hate speech on Twitter. And uh, on the flip side of that, and two important heroes on free speech is um, one, one would be Mike Masnick of Tech Dirt, who was you know, on the show very recently, who refused to back down from a, a well-funded um, legal threat to, to you know acknowledge that uh, a certain uh, person who claimed to have invented email when he was a 14-year-old kid, um, you know, didn't. And he just, you know, Masnick actually had a, uh, a commentary said that's total bullshit. And he refused to back down and, and put, you know, basically his livelihood and his publications on the line. And luckily the case has been dismissed. It's been on appeal. But he highlighted a very important issue, the need for strong slap laws. And um, and on the f- related to that on on the free speech front is a guy named Ronald Dilbert Debert. Um, he's the founder of Citizen Lab, and we've actually had someone from Citizen Lab before on the show. And you know, they've been monitoring the use of technology, surveillance technology, to um, for sale to governments for use of shutting down the internet or you know conducting illegal spying on um, citizens or journalists and using, you know, Silicon Valley or other places technology to promote censorship. And he just came out, he's known as the Robin Hood for cyber threats. And earlier we had him on 2013 when they disclosed Bluecoat. Well, he's just exposed a whole number of other um, providers, mainly from Israel, who are... Selling um, their their software, which is dual purpose, so the software itself isn't wrong, but they're selling them to sens- censoring regimes and raising the question: you know, what what norms do we establish for this technology neutral? You know, this neutral technology, f- which can very easily be abused for improper purposes. So. Um, one purpose we do have, though, is we're going to need to take a, one last break and we come back. We'll wrap up and see if you have any predictions or favorite Christmas movies since it is the anniversary of the release of It's a Wonderful Life. So we'll be talking about wonderful lives after these messages. You're listening to Cyberlon Business Report only on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlon oh Business Report. Oh my gosh, it's time to take a break. This my brief dad recess just for our sponsors. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. All of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm programs on air and on demand 24-7. Find our shows on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere you download your podcasts. Add some podcasts to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. 
The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back. You're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report, and we have our very August panel of Brenda Christian, Denise Howell, and Dan Tyden talking about their heroes and zeros for the incredible year we've just experienced. Um, I guess very quickly, it's been such a dramatic and up and down year. As we end the year, uh, are you hopeful? Are you discouraged? Do you, and any predictions of what you think 2018 might be? And what is your favorite Christmas movie? Dan, why don't you start? Okay. Well, I'll start with the favorite Christmas movie, uh, which has been a family tradition for very many years. Um, it's Bad Santa. Yay! Um, specifically, the unrated version. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen. That. I don't know if I, I have. I have. A, I own a copy, so I probably have the unrated version. There are at least. It's like Blade Runner. There are at least three cuts of this movie, um, but the the unrated version is called Badder Santa. Wow. So, I the actually, that. Bad, I don't know if you saw it. Bad Santa is somehow came out in the Weinstein issue. Because I guess it was uh, Murrow Savino was blacklisted right. from Bad Santa. That's right. I guess Lauren Graham must have gotten her role. Um, yeah, so uh, that's definitely, you know, a holiday favorite. Um, and in terms of 2018, you know, I'm still trying to decide. Uh, there are the midterms, and, you know, I have both hope and trepidation about that. I mean, that's really going to be the axis, right? Right. Uh, you know, if, the, if we can grab at least one house back, from the uh, greed heads, uh, then we're okay. If we can grab two houses, even better. If we can win some states, even better. But if we lose all of those things, um, I think we're swirling down the hole. What about you, Denise? Um, as far as favorite movies go, I guess both of mine come from the small screen and not the big. I'm sort of a toss-up between Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and yes. Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, both both of whom have uh, misfits involved, and I guess that's that's why I'm <laughs> drawn to uh, the two of them. But yeah, if I make it through a holiday, you're a dentist season, at heart. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I never make it through a holiday season without experiencing both of those, so um, they're still on my to do list this year. As far as next year goes, I'm kind of with Dan. I guess I'm sort of in wait and see mode. I always try and be optimistic and hopeful about the future. Uh, but it's it's a struggle right now. Yeah. Um, I think that there are plenty of good folks doing good work and we've highlighted tons of them on the show today. So um, they give me hope and, hope and strength of spirit and uh, uh, I applaud their work and, and uh, they're, I guess helping me <laughs> not swirl down the drain. But um, it is it is a tough time. Denise, I'm excuse me, um, Brenda? Well, I have to promote a movie I'm in. It's called A Christmas Too Many. Wow. And uh, I think it's going to be the next uh, Christmas story. <laughs> and uh, it also you has... someone's uh, eye out? Almost. Um, it also has Marla Maples Trump in there, so Wonderful. she's also in it. So I think it, it's uh, kind of today's the anniversary of their wedding. They got married on this day in '92. Oh. So interesting. Yes. So, yep. So a Christmas too many is my favorite Christmas film, holiday film. And for next year, I just can't stop thinking about um, Deep Park um, and talk about going to the dark side. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting year uh, aside from politics and the media and um, all the pop cultural things you know I'm always thinking about national security especially um, with all the saber rattling going on so I'm going to yes. continue to think uh, positive thoughts going forward yes I'm definitely not watching Dr. Strange Club this Christmas um, but we only have two minutes left and um, I, I guess uh, I was very discouraged after the vote last week I, I have to confess but I, I am hopeful and thankful um, in light of what all the wonderful people we've highlighted here today and, and the good friends and people who've joined us today and over the course of the last year. Thank you to all our guests. Uh, it's been a lot of fun this year. And uh, we got a lot, of, lot to talk about next year. And, 
you know, there'll be a lot of important battles on matters that will affect the the future of the internet and the future of the country and the world. And um, so, but right now, this we can't change necessarily that in the next week or two. But you can definitely enjoy yourself and enjoy your family and have a wonderful holiday. We'll be back in the new year for our eighth season, and uh, we'll be airing initially some of the. Um, the materials from the pre-recorded interviews from Mary Book Fair. We come back, we have a bunch of segments that are going to be of interest, ranging from the whole blockchain and Bitcoin to we're going to have the former chair of the uh, Federal Election Commission talk about how should you know, internet advertising and political advertising be regulated. So we have an interesting year ahead, and I hope you'll join us. But I want to wish, again, thank um, Dan, Denise, and Brenda for joining us and any single or two word farewells to give I have three happy new year happy new year to you Dan <laughs> anyone have anything they want to announce or should we just give the um, the dating game farewell <laughs> I'm waving right now <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Have a happy new year. Check out the, the blog at um, cyberlawradio.wordpress.com. Check out the Internet Law Center at internetlawcenter.net. We're a full-service internet firm. And follow um, Cyberlaw and Business Report on Twitter at Cyberlaw Radio. And listen to us here every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on webmasterradio.fm. Happy new year, everyone. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.